what your grandmother did really affects your health. And so, you know, and again, everything's changeable. There's a lot of things that are plastic, but there are definitely response. It's basically, there's a responsibility here to really live well. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about this with you guys. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we just have a couple of quick announcements. We wanted to check in and see how everyone's doing. Last week, we co-hosted a Backyard Bash with fellow podcaster Ashley Sondegard of Yoga Magic, and it was just was so lovely. Um, Ashley led us through a wonderful, cosmically inspired yoga flow, and she gave us this brief overview of the astro- astrological happenings in the sky, which was really enlightening, and then Afterwards, we all enjoyed some clean crafted wine and nibbles, and it was just lovely to connect with fellow women. And we we all met different people from our individual podcast communities. It was in a beautiful outdoor space at Ashley's home. And we hope to do another outdoor yoga event with Ashley later this summer or fall. So stay tuned and make sure you're following us on Instagram and signing up for our newsletter so you can get the latest updates. We also want to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you would take just two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Doing so really helps other people benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. And of course, if you're enjoying this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, a family member, or anyone else who you think may benefit from this information. Of course, we'd love to connect with you on social media, so feel free to snap a picture of this podcast and share it and tag us. We are so excited to welcome today's guest, Patricia Lattice. Patricia is a licensed physical therapist and behavioral breathing analyst who treats athletes, dancers, and pregnant women. She is the founder of Wise Body PT and was the co-founder of Kima Center for Physiotherapy and Wellness, one of New York City's most highly regarded physical therapy wellness centers. She is also the co-founder of the First 1000 Days of Wellness, which is a global educational platform for practitioners, spas, and consumers to promote perinatal wellness and prevent non-communicable diseases in future generations. A former professional dancer, Patricia has been active in helping women before, during, and after pregnancy since 1999. She is the author of The Wise Woman's Guide to Your Healthiest Pregnancy and Birth, which we'll dive in and talk about during this conversation. And this book aims to empower women to listen to their wise intuition during preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum for ultimate health and happiness during these transformative years. Patricia has been an on-site physical therapist for the Rockettes and various Broadway shows, including The Producers, Lion King, and Moving Out. 
She was also a PT for the American Ballet Theater and prestigious ballet and modern dance companies. She's worked with various professional players like Serena and Venus Williams at various tournaments such as the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, and the Fed Cup. As a mother of three, Patricia understands the demands of everyday life and aims to help her patients achieve a balance in their body. On today's show, Patricia shares her background as a professional dancer and how she has helped many dancers and athletes recover from common injuries. She talks about diaphragmatic breathing and the amazing benefits during pregnancy, but really for, for everyone. And her book, The Wise Woman's Guide to Your Healthiest Pregnancy and Birth, is just a fantastic guide that Marnie and I both wish we had during our pregnancies because it's truly a holistic approach to having your healthiest pregnancy with a lot of practical tips covering food, nutrition, supplements, movement, breathing, and so much more. This book is honestly a must read for anyone who is pregnant and would be a great gift for that pregnant woman in your life. And this book is really not just for women because it's also for men. And many of the suggestions will improve the lifestyle for the couple and then ultimately the family. And one fun fact that Patricia shares in this episode is that 70% of the health of your child is actually dependent on the man's sperm. And so what you do during preconception can really affect the next several generations. Patricia has so many practical tips and little pearls that she incorporates from cultures around the world. And we can't wait for you to experience her wealth of knowledge and energy and inspiration. So with that, let's jump right into our conversation with Patricia Lattice. But first, a quick word from our new sponsor. The Healthy Place, an online and brick and mortar supplement store based in Wisconsin. We know how overwhelming and confusing shopping for vitamins and supplements can be, and many people start taking supplements without understanding what their body needs. It is so important to ensure that the supplements you're taking are high quality, free of common allergens, GMOs, and third-party tested, so you know that what you are putting in your body is actually what it states on the bottle. We recently sat down and chatted with the founder of The Healthy Place, Tim O'Brien, whose mission as a company is to impact, empower, and educate every customer to learn, grow, and create a lifelong foundation of health and wellness. Both Tim and his wife and co-owner, Becky, strive to inspire their customers to make healthy changes that will impact every area of their life, and we couldn't agree more with their values. One of the things that sets the Healthy Place apart from the other places that you can buy supplements from is their team of wellness consultants who are ready to help you find the highest quality product. They won't just find you a product for what you believe you may need, they ask questions to understand the underlying condition that you're trying to address, and they really guide and educate you on your journey to find wellness. And now they have an online chat feature that duplicates the level of service that you get from their in-person store, allowing you to receive personalized service from the comfort of your home. Some common ailments they love helping customers address include chronic pain, stress, anxiety, sleep issues, and even energy and immunity. We were so impressed with their genuine desire to help educate and motivate their customers to get to the root of their issue and address it in a very holistic way. Another benefit we love about findyourhealthyplace.com is that they carry many different vetted brands so that you are not stuck with one brand or product to try. So head on over to findyourhealthyplace.com and chat with an online wellness consultant. You can use code LIVINGWELL for 30% off the full price of your supplement purchase. 
Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Art of Living Well podcast today. Marnie and I are so glad that we connected with you. And after our first conversation, we knew you would be an amazing guest to have on our show to share all your insight, not only for women who are pregnant or trying to get pregnant, but really for, for everyone and, and all that you do to help women you know, find their art of living well, right? So we're just excited for our conversation and can't wait to share everything with our listeners today. So everyone has a story and we would love for you to share your journey from being a professional dancer to becoming a physical therapist and specializing in helping women from preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum. Thank you so much guys for having me on. This is such an honor. I started, yeah, I started dancing at the age of four and then I went um, to the performing arts high school and was recruited into a dance company and became a professional dancer. And that's where, I, and actually in order to fulfill my major, I had to take anatomy and physiology. So I was fascinated. I was fascinated by the body, the joints, the muscles, how it moved. And then also being around injury my whole life, I was fascinated how you can actually be resilient in your body and come back completely after a horrific injury and how we rehabbed and how we trained and how we did all these wonderful um, things. And essentially what, you know, I have immigrant parents and they were like, okay, Patricia, you made it to the papers, you have a career now, but you really need to do something for real now. <laughs> uh, it was like, there was no option of like, you know, just continue to be a dancer. It was really funny. I mean, I could have, if I really wanted to, but you know, I did. Um, I was a strong student. So I ended up going to physical therapy school, loved it. I stayed in the city at NYU. Um, and I immediately, of course, went and worked with dancers. And I worked backstage at Broadway shows, The Rockettes, American Ballet Theater, Paul Taylor Dance Company, all these wonderful shows, also touring shows. And what I learned there was, one, we could prevent issues that we see later in life. We could prevent physical pain. We could do things that will help us. But also, I found myself helping people, you know, get back to very high level function. But at the time when I started getting, you know, came into physical therapy world, people started having babies and actually were returning. That had never been happening. So people used to say, all right, I want to start a family. I'm going to hang up my point shoes and I'm done. I'm not going to have a career anymore. I'll just teach or I'll do other things. And all of a sudden everybody was like, yeah, I'm going to have a baby and I'm coming back. So it was like, yay. And my boss like literally was like, um, so we don't have a lot of people. Are you interested in this? Do you want to take some courses and like learn more about this? Cause we don't know what to do with all these people that are coming back after pregnancy. And I'm like, yeah, I love this, you know, and, and, um, you know, both my parents grew up on a farm in Greece and there was a lot of like ancient wisdom that was thrown in my face and was part of my <laughs> culture, even though I was a New Yorker living in Brooklyn, it was like, my dad had his own garden and, you know, it was all about like staying holistically minded and being well. And so, um, of course, you know, and I was of age to, you know, be married and, you know, thinking about having a family myself. And I was like, okay, I want to learn this not only for me, for my patients, but also for me as well. And so um, I dove deep. I did a lot of coursework, um, obviously focused on the physical, but then that opens up, you know, 
all of the different things that you need to know when you work with this population. And so I started helping women get back on stage, you know, and get back to their careers. Um, and then I ended up getting involved with the professional tennis circuit, um, helping them out. Again, people are winning gold medals now. People are coming back and doing these wonderful things. And so I always had this kind of biomechanical analysis and the root cause approach to physical pain and injury and how to prevent it. But then I always had this subset of like having a subspecialty in also getting back after pregnancy. So helping people before, during, and after pregnancy. So um, I ended up, you know, through the years working with the functional medicine community and all these kind of different things and hosting events and continuing education courses and being a prominent place in the city. I ended up getting a book deal and it was just kind of one of those things. And I'm so happy because now I can share more of my knowledge with more people instead of just with my community of patients. So I continue to work um, very much with, um, you know, the professional tennis circuit, um, as well as with dancers, uh, less so uh, with the dancers now because that's a full-time commitment and, you know, um, and I'm treating basically people that are in this world, uh, men and women, any physical ailment all the way through uh, their reproductive years um, and into their older years. So it, it runs the gamut. That is so exciting. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's so cool that you were backstage and I love Broadway and yeah. all, all of the musicals and I just love that whole, I love that. So yeah, yeah. how fun to be backstage during. I'm truly, truly blessed. I feel very blessed and it was super exciting. And it was my first job. I was on Broadway. Like one of my first patients was a very famous uh, actress. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I was like, <laughs> but I had also wonderful mentors, right? And they were like, hurry up, you got to get up to speed. So I took like six courses a year, like just to try to, you know, get to the best of like what I had to learn. And so it was very intense early in my career. And I just kept building on that. And I just have that I love learning. I think we all do, you know, and I think when you stop learning, well, you know, what's going on in life then, you know? Right, so, totally. um, so I just think that, and, and to be able to really connect with people, I spend 45 minutes to an hour with my patients in a private treatment room and really getting to the nuts and bolts of, of a lot of different issues. And you're really connecting with people and making an impact on their lives. So I feel like I should be paying that. They should, uh, I should be paying them really, because I'm like, I walk away like flight like you know in flight uh, walking on air because um we just made a huge breakthrough or you know they're feeling good this message is so powerful i can't wait to just keep unraveling all the layers and i i love your belief that women too just need to feel supported and not mm. to fear pregnancy i think that's one mm. of the themes that will come out of the book and we'll talk about that and all of the positive information and inspiration that you share to empower women, right? Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that's what's really powerful to get back on stage or get back on the court after that some of these injuries and challenges through life don't define you and you don't have to stop. You can keep, exactly. you can keep going. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's a book or it's someone talking to you about their story, you get freaked out and there's a lot of fear. And what that does epigenetically, as I have studied the science and, you know, I'm working also um, with a very um, world-renowned researcher, OBGYN, um, expert in all things pregnancy and, and reproduction, um, Dr. Sergio Pecorelli, like all of his research is basically saying like, you know, we have to be careful before 
during and after pregnancy, because especially in preconception, if you're walking into this journey with fear, you're actually going to have a negative impact on the health of your baby. And so it's really a responsibility of you as the women or the couple getting pregnant, but also for the community to, you know, um, stay positive as well. And so I was, I would have my patients since I've been dealing with this population for so many years come in and like with their fingers crossed, like, Patricia, I made it another week. I'm like, what? Like, you should be like, what are we talking about here? You know, you should be walking on there, feeling so great, being like, yeah, I love being pregnant. Or, or just even if you didn't feel so great, like just not with that thought. That is a prominent thought in many women's heads is that like, I don't know if the baby's going to live. You know, I don't know if I can carry this baby. I'm feeling crappy. What if I feel crappier? What if I don't have a healthy baby? What if something's wrong with my baby? Like all of these things. And so I'm here to be like, hey, our body's resilient. Our body is smart. Our body is wise, right? And you are wise. So listen to your body and give it the love that it needs and stay positive and joyful because actually you actually end up turning on really good genes for your baby when you do those things. You know, epigenetically, we see a real positive impact on this. So it's not to be taken lightly. And it's not just, oh, I have my mantra. No, this is like, okay, I'm pregnant. Let's go. Let's have some fun. Okay. I feel the baby today. Okay. You know, I'm in the mood for this food or, you know, what should I be doing? And really focusing on the holistic pearls that make a big difference for your health and your baby's health. Because in ancient wisdom, we have very often, um, women would look at this before there was like mainstream medical and all these other things that, you know, before they were even super educated about this, they looked at this time as a reset button. If you had ailments coming up to this point, like you really could reset and propel your health forward through pregnancy and postpartum if you did the right things. So this book helps you navigate to that so you can prevent problems. And it, it goes on scientific, evidence-based uh, knowledge that has also been echoed by ancient wisdom of like thousands and thousands of years. So it's kind of interesting to see that come full circle. So, um, you know, what, we, what our science of today is actually proving that, you know, there were a few things they were doing back then that were really good. Not everything, <laughs> but there were a few. <laughs> well, I, and it's so interesting. So I have three kids and I feel like I knew nothing Totally. That like of what I know today when I was pregnant, you know, pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, postpartum, it was like I had my OB-GYN visits, they take your blood, they do, you know, the normal things, and then you're out the door. And that's pretty much the extent of the education I got. Yeah. So, you know, I think Stephanie had mentioned this earlier somewhere, but like maybe I read the book, you know, what to expect when you're yes. expecting. Yes. But aside from that, there was no education. So what you're doing is amazing. And I think we should dive in and talk about your book, um, the, wise, the Wise Woman's Guide to Your Healthiest Pregnancy and Birth. And tell us how you decided to write the book and partner with the functional medicine doctor. Because I do root cause physical therapy, I got involved with the functional medicine community because they're root cause uh, medical practitioners. So they're doing off the you know, off the beaten path kind of, you know, dive deep kind of, um, you know, medical testing. They're looking at 
you know, they go back and they tell you like, were you a C-section baby? Like they go all the way back to that and then start and then, okay, what, how many colds did you get? How many antibiotics did you get? Like they go through everything and all of your experiences to figure out why you might have the problem that you're having today um, to really get to the root cause to resolve it as opposed to a pill for an ill, right? Like, oh, you have this, just, you know, you have acid reflux, just take this. And it's like, you're taking it for the rest of your life and making big pharma very happy. Uh, but you know, like your body is not functioning the right way, right? So, um, so being involved in that community, I um, met Dr. Sadati, and we were very like-minded and have helped so many women um, through these journeys and had been cross-referring and going to the same conferences and that. And so, you know, I asked her if she would help me um, be really the OBGYN voice and the functional medicine. So there is a section called Your Body in each of the chapters. So we go from preconception through all three trimesters, um, labor delivery, first 40 days, and then postpartum. So we try to start six months before. And a lot of people don't think about that. And a lot of people also don't realize that they have to get their partner on board. And you know, some people may go through sperm donors, but you really have to investigate. We have actually a section in one of the chapters about that. But basically, 70% of your baby's future health is dependent on the man's sperm. Wow, wow, Huge. really? I so when know you that. say, I, I didn't, didn't know, either. right. So, so Marnie, when you say, I didn't know anything, well, I doubt your husband either. <laughs> <laughs> he probably knew even less, right? Uh, he well, was he's, a like, he's, he's actually like, a pediatrician. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's so, different. So he knows. Yeah, he knows stuff. some, but a lot of them, you know, don't know that, right? Because that's more recent data. Um, yeah. And what you do in preconception actually can affect the next three generations. So what your grandmother did, you know, two to three, um, your, what your grandmother did really affects your health. Um, and so, you know, and again, everything's changeable. There's a lot of things that are plastic, but there are definitely, um, it's basically there's a responsibility here to really live well. Um, and that's why I'm so excited to talk about um, this with you guys and your community because they're already interested in this. And then it's like, okay, well, what's the guidance? What, where's the most bang for my buck? So the book was really an outcry actually against what to expect when you're expecting because my patients would come in and be so freaked out. <laughs> If you're over 35, you have an increased risk of hyper, hypertension, preeclampsia, diabetes. I mean, it was like a commercial yeah. when you would read yes. it. And I, I would freak out because then they'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to be one of those people. Because I felt like maybe I felt, maybe I felt that. Like, I'm like, you didn't. You're just reading and you're thinking that you're, you know. So I didn't want the manifesting things that they were reading about in an authoritarian kind of thing. And, you know, not to really harp on this book because I think it has wonderful parts of it, but the generalized tone was not joyful. So I made a very concerted effort to basically be like, because I'm the cheerleader to my patients. I'm like, you're going to do this. We don't need surgery or you're going to get better after the surgery or whatever their needs are. Right. It's like, you're going to do this and you're going to win. You don't go out. I don't tell my tennis players to get back after an injury and go, you know, you should be really thinking about how this could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, no, I'm like, you're going to win. Right. So why would you start your pregnancy and be like, is it going to go wrong? No, 
There's no reason for that. Because when you put your energy behind it the and get, get out of your own way, the wisdom of the body takes over and just does what it miraculously does during this time. And it's so wonderful. So I wanted more smiles, less freaking out. And, um, and to give more of a holistic thing that doesn't cost money, doesn't, you know, and, and there are exercises in here, exercises and pictures and, and uh, for every stage, there are breathing exercises because it's really important. Women can combat nausea in some cases just by changing the way that they're breathing. Some people are super nauseous, but they're not maybe clinically to the point where they're going to the hospital, but they're so bad. And before you reach for medication, let's start to see, you know, what's happening with your diaphragm. Can you breathe in this way? Oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Like just tangible things that you can do. So the, and then of course, there's a wisdom chapter in each section, which goes through the ancient wisdom of today that's been proven, old wives' tales that really do resonate, and talking about various cultures from all around the world. I tried to get to every single culture and certain things that were so similar. You know, when you realize, yeah, we're all different and we're in different parts of the earth, but we really do have some, un some foundational principles that are very similar. So it's kind of cool, you know? And so there's like little pearls of like, you know, fun little tidbits in there and, um, you know, little things like, oh, you know, in Norway, they say, go to your friend's house and borrow their baby for a day, you know, like, and, and so that you, if you're having <laughs> fertility issues, you know, whatever, um, you know, there's so many different things that go on or, you know, having bone broth, you know, and um, eating certain foods. And then there's nutrition, of course, your body section, which is, you know, the, the more clinical uh, doctor-ish, you know, uh, things that your OBGYN would talk to you about, but then maybe some of the things that they don't have time to talk to you about. Well, I love the book and how it's divided. And like you talked about the pictures, first of all, starting with the cover photo, <laughs> which maybe you can share for everyone. I will. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing actually, because, so that was actually in... I think it's actually today. Um, it was 13 years ago today that I took that picture. Wow. Okay. And I delivered just a few days later. Um, this photo was taken by the famous Lois Greenfield, who is a famous dance photographer and is known to get dancers in flight and give you that feeling of like lightness and airiness. And so if my message is that we're joyful during this time, that it's like a fun time, a wonderful time, and you're going to do really great. I cho we chose the dancing jump picture. That's so awesome. that's me um, 13 years ago with pregnant with my nine pounder that I delivered wow. vaginally wow. without an ounce of medication. And um, I did it. And then I proceeded to have a second one which was an emergency C-section because he was a month early. So I've gone through that. And then I've had a vaginal birth after cesarean. So I've had all three types of births. So I speak to all of those things in the book as well, just in case you never know, you know, if you're coming back after this, or if you've been put on bed rest, even we could, um, there's exercises, even if you've been put on bed rest. So yeah, so that's the that's the, the story behind the wonderful photo. I mean, she's so talented. It looks like I'm jumping like a mile up, but I'm just like maybe two inches off the floor. <laughs> right, but it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful photo. So um, let's talk a little bit about breathing though. Yeah, sure. Because this is something, you know, Marnie and I have talked about on lots of different podcast um, episodes that we've had. And the restorative breathing, I know you talk about it. You just started to share like the diaphragmatic breathing. And can you just share what proper diaphragmatic breathing is and what it looks like and why it's so helpful in pregnancy, but really even beyond pregnancy. 
and you specifically mentioned nausea. So I love that tip as well. Yes. I know Marnie and I were chatting and I didn't have a lot of nausea, a little bit with my second, but not a ton. But I know she was really nauseous, but you know, I always, I have a lot of cravings. So maybe you can touch on sure. some of the tips that you share around those two topics. And I actually threw up every day with my, one of my pregnancies with my daughter, literally every single day, the wow. entire pregnancy. And I was on Zofran, if you're familiar with Zofran. And then like the moment she popped out, my nausea was gone, which was so strange. Yeah. So basically there are a lot of different reasons behind nausea and we do go into some also supplements and some foods and some reasons why, but generally speaking, when we're talking about breathing, we want to be breathing diaphragmatically. And um, what I do in the clinic is I actually have a capnogamy capnography machine where you get a nasal cannula in your nose and it goes into this machine that goes into this software program. And similar to when you see like an EKG, you see these like kind of sinusoidal curves going up and down. We actually want a certain level of pressure left in our lungs. And we call that PET CO2 or end tidal CO2. So when we're done exhaling, before we take the next inhale, there's a certain amount of reserves in our lungs of carbon dioxide to keep them inflated. So like if I had a pneumothorax and the, you know, the, it would deflate, right? So we, there's a partial pressure that needs to be maintained within our lungs. So we, when we are breathing in our diaphragm, we are in tune more with the innate reflex. Again, wise is the theme, okay, for in my life, you know, um, and my message is basically there's this wise innate reflex that knows how much inhale to take and how much exhale to blow out. Problem is, Maybe we had a breathing habit because we've been through some trauma in our life, or maybe we are triggered by certain different things and it shifts our breathing and then we go into different things um, and we might tank. But you know how blood pressure is, um, you want it to be 120 over 80 or slightly less than that nowadays. Um, you want 35 to 45 millimeters of mercury of pressure left in your lungs. So I would measure that, but generally speaking, there's also just um, some easy tips for making sure that you're breathing properly. Um, and 100% of women that are pregnant have a breathing dysfunction. You say to yourself, what? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent will not be able to breathe. Like, you know, maybe in the beginning of their pregnancy before they're showing, they may be fine. But as the belly grows, you have all this pressure on the diaphragm that the diaphragm can't expand and contract the normal way that it does. So you can't get the proper oxygenation or carbon dioxide balance. So you're always going to be slightly off. However, you want to compensate to be to the best of your ability. So sometimes what happens, like Marnie, when you're saying that, you know, you felt really nauseous um, and it blasted, you know, she was probably pushing up on your diaphragm. You had no access to that. And then you didn't have a good compensatory strategy or there was another underlying reason. Okay. I'm open to everything, but from the physical perspective, we at least try it. Right. And if it doesn't work, then it's something else. Okay. But at least we try it. Now, the good news is, is that it reduces muscle tone increases energy, decreases brain fog, decreases like the whole fatigue and mommy brain and, you know, kind of this like lack of focus, concentration capacity. All of that is, you know, pretty much um, uh, can be improved if you're breathing properly. So we want to think um, about 
breathing, uh, first of all, it's no nasal breathing. You breathe in and out through your nose. Your tongue should be at the roof of your mouth with your lips closed. Relaxed jaw, because that's what brings you into neutral. Then you're going to take a breath in and out gently, but you, I think about it as like a tube that's going from your nose, bypassing your chest, going all the way down kind of to the ends of your ribs, like more like midsection above your belly button where your ribs end. And you're thinking about breathing out and in through the sides and back of your lower ribs, kind of above your waistline. So you're thinking, okay, I'm expanding the back of my body, slightly the sides, out and in. Now your belly will move, but depending on which position you're in, if you're lying down or if you're sitting up or whatever, there's going to be some um, belly movement, of course, but there should also be this sides and back of the lower ribs inflating and deflating. That will keep your diaphragm more active. A lot of people think, oh, I have to, I, I don't breathe well and I need to <gasps> take these nice, wonderful deep breaths. You know, like nobody walks down the street breathing like that. They'd be like huffing and puffing by the time they got to the corner. I mean, you know, so do not, do not think, especially when you're pregnant, that you should be taking deep breaths because the likelihood that you're blowing off too much carbon dioxide, freaking out that internal pressure, changing that pressurized system, and then sucking more air in and then continuing the cycle. You're sucking too much, oh, blow it off. Oh, I blew off too much, suck in more. And it's just this vicious cycle, kind of like what happens with a uh, asthma attack, right? So what we want is to try to break that cycle, get you back to breathing in this nice way. And actually one of my tricks that helps, I would say a good portion of people, not everybody, because I'm a very individualized person. When this is a big challenge writing a book because I'm so individualized, I never give the same exercises different, you know, it's just a very, it's, it's very um, uh, specific to um, and precise to each and every body. But, um, but globally, I would say, generally speaking, if you breathe very quietly, and super softly. So now you're making it easy, right? You're just taking it and just so you can close your eyes, make sure your tongue is to the roof of your mouth. Think about taking that breath in nice and quietly. So if a person was right next to you, they wouldn't even know you're there because that's how quiet you are. And you just take that breath in and out through the sides and back of your lower ribs, just letting it happen, not forcing it out, but definitely starting to relax the area of your necklace relaxing the area of your shoulders and your neck. That shouldn't be moving. Just don't let it work. Don't let it help you. That's just relaxed. And now you're focusing on the down and out and in with the back and sides of your lower ribs. And then do that for three to five minutes and see if you shift anything. If you're a pregnant woman and you still feel nauseous, you want to maybe put on a mask or put your hands in a mask position, like cup around your mouth and nose, then you're getting a cheat sheet. You're getting a little cheat of extra carbon dioxide getting blown in to restore your reserves a little bit better. So it's funny because some of my pregnant women will be like, you know, I was walking the other day and I had my mask on and I actually think I was doing okay. You know, and it's, it's, it's partially that's why, um, because a lot of pregnant women are actually hypocapnic um, and need that extra little bit of help, you know. Um, but, but trying this for about three to five minutes, I feel like it carries over for a significant amount, like at least 10 minutes when you correct your breathing in this way. Cause people are like, I can't think about this all the time. You know, you could practice by doing it once an hour. You can practice by doing it, um, 
you know, three to five times a day. I would say less than five times a day. You may not get as much carryover if you really do have a breathing dysfunction. But what you'll feel when you do this each time, you'll get closer and closer to feeling better and better. And some of your symptoms, whether it's brain fog or anxiety or fatigue or nausea, um, you may actually start to see a big difference. So it's kind of cool. Well, and really that works in any scenario, right? Like using your breath is magical. And even when you were talking, I was, you know, following along and doing the breathing and I felt my shoulders relax and my chest open up a little more. And it's just, I'm not pregnant. I'm not postpartum, but I still feel the benefits. Absolutely. And, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, help you not have to, you know, get the body work and the chiropractors and the physical therapists. I mean, really, you know, it does really help you not have all of those tensions and, and really helps get you out of pain sometimes. And in chronic pain cases, which is the reason why I started getting into this work and did my certification as a behavioral breathing analyst, it's really was to help my chronic population because sometimes we have, you know, pain that is chronic has manifested in the brain. And there's a neuro tag in the brain that then kind of almost keeps you more sensitive and keeps that pain message coming out. And sometimes we can resolve the mechanics that are causing that pain or resolve, you know, maybe you had the surgery or maybe you, you know, just did some PT and rehabbed and now you're feeling better, but then all of a sudden the pain is like trickling back. And I was seeing that with some of my patients and I'm like, wait a minute, we got to the root cause. Why is this thing coming back? And then I realized they have a different trigger that triggered the breathing that they, was, they used to compensate for the pain. So your pain, when you're in pain, you breathe in a different way to basically compensate for the pain, like you know, to adjust and try to find a way to, to handle the pain. And if you get rid of the pain, but you don't get rid of the habit of the breathing, the pain comes back because they're linked. So if we can correct the breathing, get rid of the mechanics that cause the pain, now you've actually eliminated chronic pain for good. Um, That's so interesting. Do you do do virtual visits with that type of thing? I do. Um, And actually on my website, there's a link to behavioral breathing and you can actually connect with someone then rent the machine and do virtual visits. Um, And then I I do them myself as well. Um, But the whole like, you know, you could, again, you could do it with or without the machine, but um, yeah, uh, there's a link. there for people to to get some help. Well, that's so, great, and we'll link all that up. Yeah. So, um, can you share like an example or a success story of a woman you've worked with during pregnancy or after pregnancy, and how you empowered her through the whole process? So I had a woman that got married later on, you know, in life, right? And um, she was coming to me because she was having neck and upper back issues and she suffers from anxiety. um, And it got to the point where she had a real hard time doing her work, like all computer and, you know, um, uh, work for a big, you know, fashion company and things and, and just had a lot of hours and travel. And it was really pulling down on her neck and she was getting arm pain and all sorts of things. So I was treating her for that. And then she said to me, you know, Patricia, I kind of know like you help women that are pregnant. I know I'm here for just this injury, but I really, I'm 39 and I'm worried, you know, am I going to get pregnant? What should I do? 
And I basically shared with her my pearls of knowledge, you know, the stuff that's in the book and preconception, nutrition, and, you know, um, what exercises to do. She already kind of knew. I just kind of tweaked them for the pelvis and the back. And then we went through the proper breathing because she deals with anxiety. Um, and so she had known some of that. And it was part of the problem of why she was coming to me with her neck pain. Um, and I really was her cheerleader because she had so much fear. Uh, that she was not going to be able to get pregnant, that she was going to be like some of her friends. And, you know, and her brother had had three kids at that point and he was younger than her. And she was just like, just feeling the pressure all around, you know? And, um, and so it was like, okay, I, I, I need to do this, but I don't know how, and I don't know where to start. And we started with like certain mantras. We started with, you know, kind of centering herself and stopping every time she would have that thought that it wasn't going to happen for her, we would stop. And we, and then there were certain dietary things, you know, and her doctors, her, she was surprised that her OBGYN just, they just don't have the time, honestly, to go through exactly like what are better to, things to eat if you're looking to be, you know, for fertility and, you know, just different things like that. And so we went over it all. Um, and I also really, she wasn't, she was good about her physical strengthening exercises, but she wasn't good about like taking a walk, you know, and I, I'm a very big proponent of get out in nature and walk for at least 30 minutes, like without being plugged to your phone and checking emails as you're doing it because you're trying to multitask, like get out there and like see the sights and sounds. I forced her to take a vacation too. I forced her to go because she was like, well, you know, we might take a vacation. I'm like, take it now. You know, like, don't like, oh, well, maybe next three, in three months, we might go, no, go now. You know, cause she, she was, she was like on board and getting all the good stuff and starting to change her diet. And we eliminated gluten and dairy and all of these things that kind of inflame the system. Um, we, you know, again, changed her mindset and she felt supported. I literally coached her through, but I, but I'm, I only have so much that's, you know, that I'm a certified, you know, physical therapist, right? So there was other people that I, you know, got her to see if, if she needed more things. But generally, I just gave her the pearls of like basics, you know, and made her do things on her calendar that made her happy. I forced her to budget for whether it was 10 minutes one day because she had too crazy of a day, or maybe it was an hour on the weekend, whatever it was. So, you know, I really do like you know, playing chess, you know, and, and my mom and I used to play chess and I just don't have the time. I'm like, okay, well find a chess partner or do it online or whatever. <laughs> like just do what you love, you know? And so it's super important to do the things that actually bring us back. And I, I equate this infertility thing to sometimes, I mean, obviously there's like, a, you know, that's a whole rabbit hole. I won't even go into it, but we want a positive mindset. We don't want to feel stressed about it because your body is registering that stress does not know the difference between I'm just stressed out because I'm trying to get to a goal that I'm not getting to, or because my boss just emailed me and harped down on me about something. And now I have to like correct it or because, you know, we just spent more money than we should have on this thing. And now I feel bad about it or whatever. Okay. There's stress, stress, stress. Your body just thinks that it's a bear chasing you. These are our Neanderthal genes. Like we just don't get it. So your body, would you, if you were running away from a bear that was chasing you, that you literally may die, would you stop in the corner and have sex? <laughs> <laughs> would you stop in the corner and like have a sandwich? <laughs> right. <laughs> no. So you're not in rest and digest mode. You're not in growth and healing and helping. You're not in positive thinking mode. You're in like, ah, 
not fight, flight, react, like, you know. And um, <laughs> so I like forced her to recognize because she loved what she did. She was good at it. She was successful. She got all the checks and, you know, um, and, and everything. So it wasn't like she hated her job and she was super depressed and she was in a loving marriage, but she felt the pressure of the mm-hmm. time clock. She felt the pressure in her family circle and her community. And she felt the pressure that I don't know if my body's going to be able to perform. And I just made her understand that her body's wise and she just has to like give it some love. And then boom, she got pregnant right after they got back from vacation. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful story. Yeah. I love that. And I love your approach, Patricia, just this holistic approach and getting to the root cause. I mean, it's something that Marnie and I preach and what we do too. And I like it, it these success if, stories. Yes. And it works. One, but it works. And then there's some people that are like, well, I tried that and I tried that. And, you know, and so sometimes you do maybe have to go to something, but go to a good person that has a really positive mindset that is going to stay with that. Right. Um, there are great fertility centers out there that are really making success stories for women. And I love all of these different things, but the point is you want to make um, you want to put your best foot forward and understand that between you and your partner, you're both on board, you're cleaning up your act for six months, you're doing all these things, not only for your baby, but also for you, because mm-hmm. this can be a reset button for you. And then that could be, I talk about how you want to be the wellness warrior of your house. And then that bleeds into your friend circle, which bleeds into the full community, which then bleeds into the world, right? The whole world can be positively impacted if we all just, you know, um, you know, inspire each other to eat better, sleep well, be joyful, do things that make us happy. Not just, you know, you know, there's so much angst, especially now. And so, you know, we really need to combat that with, with the happy, joyful things. Can you share, can you just give a couple snippets? I'd love to know like what you would do during these first 60 days and then maybe transition that 60, into uh, six months. You mean, sorry, six months. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> six no, yeah. months and yeah. then transition into, um, to after pregnancy. And I know you talk about like being the wellness warrior or just yeah. having that lifestyle afterwards. You've done all this great work and made changes to your health and then how you can continue that on and why that's so important too. Pain is the biggest motivator because you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do what I want to do. I have to take care of this pain in order to move on. So a lot of times people will come to me because they're in physical pain, but their physical pain may be stemming from just not being well in general, right? Are they eating inflammatory foods that are inflaming the system? Are they not exercising properly? Are they exercising too much, too little, not the right thing for their body? Um, have they been sitting the wrong way all day? You know, so there's, it's just like, um, I find that, the six months before pregnancy is your chance, both the man and the woman, to take an inventory on your life. What's in your pantry? What are you doing? What are you thinking? What podcasts are you listening to? Are you listening to inspirational ones or are you listening to ones that are freaking you out about the end of the world? You know, um, (laughs) are you, um, uh, what exactly are your rituals? You know, do you have a gratitude practice? Are you doing something that centers your mind? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you give back to your community? What are the things that are fulfilling for you? And what do you feel your life's purpose is, right? And being con- connected to all of those things. Ultimately, 
I find that pregnancy is a great motivator actually, because you're like, I want a healthy baby. What do I have to do? Everything, I know it's going to affect it. So I need to know everything. But a lot of people don't know that they're six months before, you know, pregnancy. And it's really like three months to clean it up, three months to optimize. And then you're putting really your best foot forward. So you do not want to get pregnant right after you've had a stressful event. You do not want to get pregnant right after you've had like binge drinking, um, you know, <laughs> recreational drugs because you went on somebody's bachelorette. I mean, you know, crazy things. And then you just go and you're like, I'm home, honey, and let's do it. You know, I'm ovulating. Um, so it's, it's really good to reduce inflammation. So you look at your life and you say, all right, I've been eating processed food a little too much. I've been having a lot of, you know, foods that are on the inflammatory food list, too much alcohol, too much caffeine, too much gluten, too much sugar, too many refined foods and processed foods. You know, how can I scale that back? You know, what are the good foods that I should be eating that actually help balance the cellular function that are my requirements for health? right? Biggest thing is like, you know, it's good to just kind of write these things down and check it out and then see where you can now start to implement. But it requires sometimes planning and, you know, shopping a certain way. But nowadays you can get it delivered to your doorstep and, you know, just doing the right thing and making the right choices. And when you do that, I've heard so many and exactly, you know, even the patient case I just talked about before, she's like, I just feel better. Like I go into work and I'm not as anxious. And it's like, yeah, because you're eating right, you're sleeping well, you're giving back to yourself and you're not letting this hamster wheel take over and you're just huffing and puffing and getting through your day on fumes, you know, adrenal fatigue is real, you know? Um, so we want to try to create these good habits where you're actually taking an inventory or like, are you on your device too long? You know, are you um, not spending time doing the wonderful things that you like? You know, do you like planning parties and you haven't had a party? I mean, granted, now it's a different story, but like, but are you doing things that stress you out or make you happy? Um, are you getting out into nature? You know, are you breathing right? Are you exercising right? Also extreme sports and like running a marathon and training like on a hard, like crazy intense level is also inflammatory. So you want, need to do that Goldilocks where you do not want to be over exercising. There are plenty of people that over exercise and that actually has an inflammatory effect. Um, so you want to kind of be right in the middle. Um, and that means different things for different people. And I go over some guidelines there um, in the book, but um, and then you're pregnant. Now you're feeling kind of crappy, right? But you've been eating well. So you're more inclined to eat better, you know, and a little less of the processed crazy, you know, things. And you're less likely to dip all the way down into like a really bad place. And then you're feeling good. You, you know, you've got things going on and now you're breastfeeding. So you're still sticking with some of those pearls. So now it's been all of these months that you've been eating, sleeping, thinking, moving, breathing differently and, and tapping into your innate wisdom, why not keep it going? Right. And I'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine or you can't once in a while cheat and have something, but it shouldn't be your regular go-to and it should be in a balanced fashion. And I think that that's what helps propel you because, um, we actually detoxify the body when we, uh, deliver a baby, a lot of stuff like gets excreted with the pregnancy. So it's almost like you're starting, like it's almost a little bit of a clean slate. Like you see women and they're like, my body changed after pregnancy for the better. 
they literally like detoxed out some of the stuff. And now they're like, you know, getting their life together and doing the right exercise and whatever. And now they're, they're feeling and looking different. Their skin is better. You know, there's so many different things that can happen. It's not just doomsday. Um, so I, I look at this as a, as a reset button to really take an inventory on your life. Cause when you're in your like, you know, teens and twenties and, you know, maybe early thirties, you're not thinking about, you know, your longevity of, you know, your hair, skin, nails, body, organ systems, and all of that stuff. So it's time to kind of think about that. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I think this is amazing that a lot of this is like what Stephanie and I talk with about with our own clients and yeah. when we do detoxes and help clients and I just can't get over how much information you give to women who are, you know, pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, yeah. post-pregnancy, like it, it's mind boggling how much I didn't have. Yeah. And, and that's one of the other reasons why I wrote the book, because they would be like, can you just put this in a book so I remember for next time? You know, like, yeah. and they're like, yeah. I'm going to forget. I know it, but I'm going to forget. Yes. Uh, you know, because if I go for another baby in two years, I don't know if I'm going to remember it all, you know, um, or can I share it with my friends? And, and so it is really about my, my, my goal is really to kind of help people just be conscious of the fact that this is an opportunity and it's a time where you can really make, see some really long lasting effects and, and stop the hurt later on. Um, in other countries also, um, you get 12 visits with a the physical therapist after you give birth. They wow. work on your C-section scar, help you wake up your pelvic floor again, <sighs> make sure you're not incontinent. That's amazing. You know, like the average woman thinks that it's normal to sneeze and pee after yeah. they have a baby. And actually it's not. <laughs> we, we learned that recently. We had, uh -huh. I don't know if you're familiar with the Yarlap, but uh -huh, we had uh -huh. the woman who helped create the Yarlap on our yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important to know that there's, you can get full function, if not even better. You know, again, like there've been women that never won a grand slam and they won it after they're pregnant, you know, or a gold medal, you know, so there's wonderful things that you can do to really change your life for the better, you know, so it's not doomsday. It's really exciting time. And what also is so interesting to me is that, you know, you are a physical therapist, right? And when I think of physical therapy, I think of someone who has an injury and they're going to rehab their knee or they had surgery and they're rehabbing their hip or so you're just like opening my mind so much to what physical therapy actually is. So basically because I was a physical therapist, because I am a physical therapist is why I saw these people coming out the woodworks because their OBGYN, like you said, I felt unprepared. My OBGYN told me a couple of things to do and that was it right? They didn't give this whole holistic thing because in our country, that's not the way that we practice OB. But in other countries, there's, you know, and of course you can work with a doula and a midwife and a holistic practitioner and all of that wonderful stuff. And I oftentimes will refer because every, there's not, it's not one size fits all. There's general principles that people should know about. But what I was finding was because I was working on the pain of the, because that was the motivator, get me out of pain. I got to carry this baby or I have a hip problem. I want to be able to deliver a baby because I'm going to get pregnant next year because I'm getting married. You know, um, I, and then they, then I found them like asking me questions like, Patricia, what do you think? Should I be doing this? Like, what do you think about that? And what do you think about this? So I had to immerse myself 
in knowledge around this. And I am not at all a certified person to be able to guide you on a detox, on a, you know, on a exact nutritional protocol for your genetic type or this, none of that. I refer out, but I give you just the like cliff notes and then send you on your way. But a, a lot of times they were coming to me and a lot of times people were like missing the other parts in, in their holistic practices because people did want exercise and breathing and correcting, you know, how, what should I do? And then, um, you know, what is your background? You had experienced three different pregnancies. How did you feel with each one? What, what should I look forward to? What is it to expect? There's just a lot of things there that I think um, people would just ask me you know, and I use my ancient wisdom, the, the, the coursework that I have done, uh, the, the education that I have done, um, to give them some information, um, and then put them on the right road, guide them towards that, you know, maybe holistic approach a bit more if they had those questions and they can still see their OB obviously, and, you know, still get the care. But when they were looking for more, um, I was able to help them with that. Yeah, which is wonderful. And you're clearly being of service to so many women and using mm. your gifts and your passions, which is amazing. Thank you. And, you know, as we start to wrap up this conversation, we love leaving our listeners with just some practical, simple tips. And you've already shared a few, which they can just immediately implement into their lives. And so maybe, you know, a couple tips for women who are trying to conceive or thinking about trying to have a baby, but then also love to some tips for women who aren't having a baby or you know, maybe they've already had kids years ago, but want to reduce inf inflammation, reduce their toxic load, which are some of the things that you kind of touched on high level. So um, I would say for the general population, we need to be out in nature more. Um, there are so many health benefits and because we are indoors so much, we have a chronic vitamin D issue and all sorts of other things. And, you know, we really do um, have these wonderful medicine out there called nature, you know, vitamin N. And, you know, I, I um, talk about it a lot with uh, Jennifer Walsh, who's been doing some research and also um, is a big proponent of this. And, um, you know, and Zach Bush's work has been amazing as well. And very important I love him. to my practice. Um, and so, you know, by, by, like walking, you know, on nature, you know, on the earth, like on the grass, like without your shoes and grounding yourself, you actually get a positive, like negative charge through the earth and you strengthen your back muscles. They react to that. And you actually have a stronger back if you're walking that way. It's very interesting, but you know, 30 minutes a day keeps the doctor away. Like 30 minutes of walking outside of nature has huge uh, impact on the neuroplasticity of your brain, the ability to reduce inflammation, help make you more mentally well, you know, more clarity and calm, calm uh, in your body and find peace. Um, you know, having that quiet time. I, I love Dan Siegel's work of like the healthy mind platter. You know, you have to have like exercise time, focus time, rest time, eating time, hydration time. Like, you know, like there's all sorts of, and play time. So that's where I Talk about joy, do something that brings you happiness. And this is for everyone. You know, um, some of the blue zones, right? The, um, there's uh, a blue zone in Greece called the Garia. There's one in uh, Italy, Sardinia. There's uh, in Japan. And, you know, there's only one in the US um, in San Francisco. But um, yeah. basically, 
you see these commonalities of community and of support. So you have to also return back to your support system. Gather up your, you know, mom groups or your dad groups or your dad or your, you know, um, friend groups um, or your uh, family, whatever it is, and really, you know, lean on them. And, and I'm like, you know, woman here, we were, I could do this. I'm a New Yorker type A, let's go. I got this. You know, I don't need anybody's help. Like, you know, go to the side. I got it. Well, not during pregnancy for sure. And also not when you're going through a rough time, we need to be able to reach out and have support. And support was the number one thing that positively impacted the telomeres of babies. So if the woman did not feel supported, but had the best nutrition and the best like exercise and the best everything else, if she didn't feel supported, and that could be financially, emotionally, uh, community, if she didn't feel safe, her baby was born with shorter telomeres than the average baby. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, and this is one of my colleagues, Dr. Alyssa Pell, and who wrote the telomere effect with Elizabeth Blackburn. And it's just fascinating. And I got to chat with her about all of those things. And she's actually mentioned in the book. And um, it's like, it's fascinating that, you know, I'm not, look, I'm not giving you a license to eat a Big Mac and get out there and have all this inflammatory things. Okay. <laughs> but you do want to, you know, eat well, but if you're not supported, then you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat. So um, really get together with your friends and, and do what we need to do, which is community. And in times that you can't, I guess virtual will do, but, you know, or the phone or, you know, whatever, but like connect, you know, connect with that person. Not just, I'm going to text real quick. It's like every chance we get, we're like, quote unquote connected, but not really. You're not going right. to say on text, like, I need your help. Like you could see it in somebody's face when they yes. need, something's wrong. No, I'm fine. No. <laughs> How can I help you today? Right. And yeah. I'd say that every day, you know, with my patients, how can I help you? And all sorts of things come out besides the physical, right? And we talk about how to navigate through this time. So it's really, really important for that. And I'm just going to add in the, the time also in postpartum, a lot of women feel abandoned during pregnancy. I mean, after pregnancy, excuse me. Like, so when you have a baby, it's like, oh, congratulations, bye, see you in six weeks, you know? Uh, so it's like, you know, um, and so I'm actually uh, designed the exercise program for the first ever early return to exercise following a C-section. So we're hmm. taking six C-section women. It's uh, Wild Cornell and HSS in New York. And we are taking all these women and some of them will get exercises and some of them will not. And what they're getting is a video of me guiding someone. And what we're getting feedback on, because they have to do surveys, is like, I felt abandoned when I left the hospital, but then I had these videos and I felt supported. You know, so they're not only helping strengthen their body, getting their breathing back on target and all of that stuff, but they felt supported. And we also went, you know, it's like, how should I breastfeed? What is, what's going on with my body? And a lot of women just, you know, one in seven will, um, sorry, yes, um, one in seven will get a perinatal mood disorder. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy, you know, when we have that. So I, I, um, we were chatting before about this, you know, ritual that I have, you know, I, I believe very firmly in gratitude practices, but basically when you breastfeed, you know, you want to connect with your baby. 
You don't want to, you want to get that oxytocin because that's what we're missing when we're falling into this depressive kind of um, moods and, 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 you know, you're going through hormone shifts and it's just very prevalent. One, they don't feel supported. Two, they're like not connect with their baby because they're like freaked out or in pain. <laughs> and three, they're, they're not being told like, stop for a minute, breathe. This is how you should breathe. And remember, you should connect with your baby when you're breastfeeding. And it is a task. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's like on demand. It's crazy. But when you, when you um, breastfeed, you want to breastfeed with one side. So let's say I'm breastfeeding today, first feed of the day, and I'm starting on my right breast. I want to shift. Um, I'm going to feed with the right. I'm going to feed with the left. The next time I'm ready for the feed, I have to start with the opposite breast. And it's nerve wracking to remember what you do, um, what you did last. Did I, oh, was it the right? Was it the left? Then you write it down on a piece of paper or in a journal or in your phone. And where's the phone and where's the journal when you need it and the baby's crying. So you're like, so what I've done is I've hacked and I, and I use this wonderful mindful fashion uh, company, Buddha Girl, who has rituals at their, in their DNA, um, mindfulness um, rituals of, of, you know, intentions and gratitude. And what we've done is we've created this wise woman uh, bangle set. Um, and you can take one of these bangles, which is uh, medical grade um, plastic that has been gold dusted. Um, and it's rose gold, silver, and pink, uh, you know, the, the rose gold, silver, and uh, yellow gold. And you can just use one if you need, and you put it on, uh, let's say the wrist that you start breastfeeding with. And then you finish the feed. And then the next time the baby's crying and you need to feed the baby, you look down, you're like, oh, I started with the right last time. Take it off, put it on your left, and then you feed with your left. And you have confidence that you are balancing. You're not going to get a milk duct clog. You're not going to be in pain as much. You're not going to be engorged on one side versus the other. You feel way more balanced. And, um, and you also are then reminded by that bracelet that you have to connect with your baby during this time. You know, let him or her look up to you. And, you know touch your hair, or maybe you catch a smile. These are moments that you do not want to miss because then it's a fleeting time. It goes away after a little while, you know? So why not? And you get this boost of oxytocin, which helps you with your health and helps reduce inflammation and helps propel your health forward. So it actually is really important. It's not just like, you know, other things. It is really a way of life. So, um, so it's, it's definitely one of my little hacks. I love these bracelets and we will link it all up to the show notes. And for one, they're beautiful. Um, and you feel beautiful, I, right? Yes. You want and, to and feel beautiful during that time. Yeah. So when you're exhausted, you haven't showered in a couple of days and you're, you know, you can look down and see these pretty bracelets. So great gift for anyone. But you talked a little bit, Patricia, like about the gratitude practice. So anyone can wear and have these yes. bracelets. I think it'd yes. be a great gift for any woman to receive. That's, that's true. And you talked a little, maybe share a little bit about. Like, yeah. So instead of like using it for, you know, which breast did I start the feed on? You can literally put on each one and set an intention for the day. And then you, when you take it off at the end of the day, you give gratitude for um, something that may have happened to that day. And that is the Buddha girl, um, uh, you know, basically the Buddha girl variety of rituals that they have. Um, and, uh, it's just fantastic. Um, I love, I love all that. of their stuff. I'm so excited to order some or give them as a gift. Yeah, I mean, such a great, you. such a great idea. And like yeah. Stephanie said, they're beautiful. So Patricia, as we start to wrap this up, 
Can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you, where they can find you, where they can buy your book? Sure. Um, you can buy my book on Amazon or anywhere really where books are sold. There's in Barnes and Noble and Target and some other uh, places. But if you go to patricialattice.com, that's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, L like Larry, A like Apple, D like David, I like Indigo, S like Sam, um, patricialattice.com. I have all the links there. So you can you know, check out the book. You can check out about behavioral breathing. You can get the link to the bracelets. You can look at some of the other product lines that I'm absolutely enamored with, like olive oil and a certain pillow that supports you better when you're pregnant and you know, just things that I have vetted because I've been doing this for 23 years. But you know, um, and, uh, you know, skincare lines and things that just are cleaner, fresher, just, you know, more, more safe. Um, I'm also on Instagram uh, at Patricia Lattice and you will see my salsa dog dancing and some of my little <laughs> dance stuff going on because uh, my community has <laughs> been asking for it. Um, and, uh, you know, some oh, fun awesome. things that I share there and I'm always keeping people up to date on, uh, on social there. That's fantastic. And we'll link all that up in the show notes. As yeah. Well. And it's the wise woman's guide to your healthiest pregnancy and birth. It's really searchable. Yes. Well, this has been such an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to talk with you today. And as we wrap it up, one question we'd love to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? The art of living well to me is balance. Um, so it's not having too much of this, not having too much of that, um, not too little of this and not too little of that, right? And just finding that median in between um, because I think that's where we find our center, our ground, and our joy. And so hopefully, you know, there's so much noise out there on what to do and what not to do. And this is good today and bad tomorrow. But really, if you kind of find yourself right in the middle, I think you'll be a happy camper and pretty much lead a, a healthy, happy life and be an inspiration uh, to your community as well. That's beautiful. Beautiful. And clearly that. you're an inspiration to your community. So we love Thank what you're so doing. Much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much to you guys for, you know, really getting the message out and just even talking to people like, you know, there is an art of living well, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and let's like get to it. Right. And, and find what it is for you. You know, that's everyone, right. everyone's that's different right. and we love, that's why we like ask, asking this question. We get such great insight and inspiration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love it. Well, have a great day. Yes. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.